podcastjuice.net. The planet is restless, Captain. They want their podcast. And they shall have it. I'll beam down to the surface. You have the bridge. Captain, that is illogical. These are Trek fans. They will challenge and dissect your knowledge with great emotion. It is a mission fraught with danger, peril, and grave risk. Suggestions. Send in the red shirts. You know what time it is. We just came out of the Mutara Nebula. We survived the Badlands, and we are back in the Alpha Quadrant. It is none other than the Red Shirts. And today, we have, we got another one for you people. Got another special guest. I think it's going to be a hot one today. Now, now let me just say, my co-host, one of my crew, uh, Craig J., who just got promoted to lieutenant commander? He once again abandoned his post. He traveled. <laughs> he's he's currently traveled back to uh, South Africa, his um, where he where he was born and grew up to visit family. So I'm not too mad at him. We had to we had to turn the USS Internet around and go back to Earth and and drop him off. But he should be back for the next show. But we got someone in his place. That you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. But before we get to that, I want to introduce. You know, it's only the three of us on this ship, so I had to put this guy into engineering, and that would be none other than Big Sexy. How are you, sir? Uh, it's been cold and wet. It's raining out here today on the west side, but that's cool. And who stuck me in engineering? Well, I'm the captain. Who, who made you captain anyway? Uh, uh, we'll discuss that later. The guy who edits the damn show. Maybe captain. Yeah, I got to take that. <laughs> okay. Don't let me have to do you like Troy did Jordy now. Come on now. <laughs> I have I, 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 I have I have Rocket coming to me and say, you passed. <laughs> that Negro is dead. <laughs> that was cold. got to do what you got to do, man. Command status is command status. That's how it is. But people, uh, it is my honor to introduce... Uh, this woman, you can find her on Afronode Radio, the Grindhouse edition, which airs Saturdays at 6 p.m. She brings the hotness to the show, people. She's always she's not afraid to speak her mind. I'm kind of like I'm kind of like cowering in the corner. She I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to make Uh-oh. her number one. I'm gonna have to make her number one. Uh, Big sexy. She she's another Shelby. Okay. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. How, wait wait. How did Rocket do? He said. Listen, he said. Um, I know I was considering you, Data, moving up to number one, but I think you need to stay where you are for now. No, no, uh, no, no, no. What Riker said was, Shelby, in the turbo lift, if you pull an end run around me like that again, I will snap you down like you're a first-year cadet. Yeah. Well, this co-host can uh, end run around me any day, any time. Her name is Claire Lene. Claire. All right, Claire, you, we take it outside. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Now, before we get into why we're here today, what this uh, what this ongoing mission is all about, Claire, tell us a little bit about yourself. Gladly, gladly. Um, I reside in Los Angeles, California, in La La Land. <laughs> not, wait, that, that's not the movie, is it? Uh, let me tell you, where I am resembles the movie not at all. Okay. okay. I know Not what you're saying. That's code. That's code. I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I've been the weekend co-host of uh, Afro Nerd Radio for roughly a year now. Has it been a year? It's been a year. Oh, damn. I got to call in more. Wow. Can't believe it. Wow. Okay. Know, right? All right. Okay. 
I'm I, I'm official. I think I'm I'm actually officially part of the family. Hmm. Um, let's see. I uh, I've been a quote unquote struggling actress <laughs> and singer for okay. a little over ten years. Okay. I will say that my my passions uh, would be science fiction, action. Um, you know, of course that's wait. Why else would you invite me to be your number one? There you go. I, Shelby, yes, put me up against the board. Like, okay, you got confidence. You got confidence in me. I love it. Yeah, you know, I'm right now. I'm doing a lot of training in terms of uh, stunt work and stunt choreography. Uh -oh. you, know, uh, you, you, hear, you hear that, big sexy? You hear that? Okay. Agents of Shield, Daredevil. Okay, okay. I'm trying to get all up in there and 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 follow in the footsteps of uh, Ming Na Wen and uh, Kelly. My, my future wife. Listen, uh, now, uh, to, to your point, I, um, not that I'm a stalker or anything. Oh, here you go. But I did, I think I either checked out your uh, Facebook page or your Twitter page, and I saw some, you were doing some acting scenes where you were doing some stunt fighting. Yo, people, I'm here to tell you, I, everyone loved Colleen Wing in uh, Iron Fist. P put Claire, you, did you audition for that part? You know, that's the thing. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, like, come on, Marvel. My phone didn't ring. Because I, I, <laughs> everyone loved Colleen Wing. She didn't do a... I mean, she had the fighting down, but she just didn't... She her The camera... This is how... You, you know this term, what I'm about to say. The camera did not love her, as far as I'm concerned. She didn't have the look for me. <laughs> but uh, that's just me. That's just me. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah, I, man, would I have loved to audition for that role? Hell yeah. But the thing is, is that I, I'm afraid to even comment because, and you and I, we've talked about this, hell, we've talked about this for a year now. We've talked about Ghost in the Shell. We talked about Iron Fist. We talked about a lot of stuff. And right now I'm, I'm just, I have this resistance. Like I just can't even bring myself to watch these things, you know? Eventually, I'll get around to it. You know, part of me even wants to skip Iron Fist and just go straight to Defenders and go back if need be. Just, I'm not sure if I can make myself watch 13 hours of a show that, for all intents and purposes, doesn't seem that interesting. Seems well, like something I've already seen so many times, like with Arrow and Dark Knight and countless others. You know what I'm saying? Well, I see you. I done, I done got it started. We haven't even started. We haven't even left uh, Space Dock yet. And she, there she goes. I, <laughs> there she goes. Ready to go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It's going to be a good one. But uh, before we get into the primary mission, I just wanted to, just um, a little note that, um, as you all know, I've been checking out DS9. I'm on season, am I at the end of season three or the beginning of season four? I can't remember. Damn, Q. I know, but see, I, I, I put it on hiatus. I put DS9 on hiatus to check out uh, Iron Fist, which was a mistake. That was a mistake. I know. <laughs> And I might have to put it on hiatus again to check out uh, Agents of Shield because I'm hearing nothing but good things about the the new the LMD storyline. But as uh, long as McNaught's still there, I'm good. Yeah, she's bad, man. But um, that's my, that's my boot. But I'm seeing promos uh, that Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, which was an excellent Star Trek series, is now airing on BBC America. Now I you didn't, I, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Is, has it been yeah, airing for quite I'm, a while? Yeah, man, several months. Okay, so I'll be deleting this portion of the 
<laughs> of the chat. No, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. And I have Netflix, so I checked out uh, all of Voyager on Netflix, and I'm watching DS9 on that too. But So if you don't have Netflix, you can check it out on BBC America. Uh, I know they were airing TNG because I, I used to watch TNG because it used to come on all the time on, on BBC America. But I kind of cut, cut the cord, as they say, so I don't have BBC America anymore. So thank God for Netflix. But okay, enough of that. Let's all uh, let's all hands on deck. We are now going to embark on this mission, <clears throat> and it's a special one today because we got some not a lot of not a lot of news about Discovery, the series that I'm hoping actually is going to take place. <clears throat> but we learned some information about um, Sonequa Martin Green's character. I got to thinking that um, you know we've got two. Strong actresses. I don't know how they're going to do the characters now, but we got two badass actresses, uh, Sonequa Martin Green and Michelle Yeoh, on this new Star Trek series. So I just wanted to do kind of like an analysis of the women of Star Trek and kind of see how they evolve from the original series to at least up to um, Voyager. And we can touch on the movies. We can touch on the Kelvin universe. I don't want to touch no, that. We too, we, I don't want to touch it too much. <laughs> I don't want to touch that universe too much. But uh, let, let's just kick it off. Um, so what? Last week or a couple weeks ago, we learned. We found out the name of Sonequa Martin Green's character. Now Sonequa is playing the first officer of the USS Discovery. And as we know, we did a show about this. Uh, what last month? where we were contemplating how is it possible that this show is going to be told from the perspective of the first officer, number one. This will be the first show that doesn't take the POV of the captain. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that's done. But what we learned was that, um, and this is very interesting, we got the name, kind of like the uh, Seinfeld Cosmo Kramer surprise. <laughs> we got the name of Sonequa's character, and it is Michael Burnham. Yes, let me repeat that. Michael Burnham. Not Michelle. Michael. Now, I don't know what kind of Freudian bullshit these writers are dealing with, with naming the female, number one, a masculine name. My, you know, my... uh registered name is michael jones so i you know i'm flattered but i mean what do you guys think about this it's an odd it's like they're going left once again no, first we got, the, we got the klingons that don't look like klingons <laughs> now we got yeah, klingons are jacked up we got yeah. this woman with a masculine name help me out with that somebody well mike first of all i hate to be the one to inform you of this but the name Michael is not exclusively masculine. I can think of two women right now top of my head. Uh, the actress Michael Learned, who used to uh, star in a show called Nurse on CBS back in the 80s. The and Waltons. on the Waltons. Yeah, I know. And the bassist for the Bengals, Michael Steele. And there's, know, also, so. there's also Michael Michelle, the fine, fine. Oh, I forgot about her. She is fine. Actress. I, can't, I couldn't tell you what she's been in, but it don't you know, matter. So, there are some uh, Michaels out there who... Uh, are definitely XX chromosome, man. It's not exclusive. It's I, cool. No, I understand, but I'm speaking traditionally. It is not a traditional female name. I mean, there are a lot of men named Kim. 
out there. Kim Coates comes to mind. We talked we talked about him ironically in another show. Uh, he did a guest spot on um, Entourage. He was in the wretched battlefield Earth. Um, <laughs> he's done a lot of other stuff, but yeah, you know, you can name a female or a, ma- a male anything you want to, but you know, it's not a traditional female name. Uh, Claire, what, what what's your take on that? Um, basically the same reaction as you. I mean, I know that you mentioned Michael Michelle, and I, I, I thought of her, actually, because I remember her way back when, when she, uh, for a couple seasons, she was on ER. That's right. And, uh, yes, she is gorgeous. Um, you're right. It's just, it's an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice to give your lead female character a prototypically, you know, male-given name. Um, I don't know if they're going to you know, go into that, if they're going to, like, talk about that in the commentary. I imagine it being a situation in which, because it's so specifically going to be the first officer's point of view, as opposed to the captain, I'm I'm imagining a lot of voiceover for some reason. Hmm. I could interesting. Wrong. I could be wrong, you know? No, that's, but a, that's I, interesting. We never, because we, we spent a whole show trying to discuss... How are they going to do this? And I never thought that's that's uh, that's an interesting take. You know, because it's just it's not where your your mind isn't necessarily going to go to, and so it's not a given. It's not a given in terms of how the story unfolds or or whose perspective is being given. So I kind of imagine it almost like we're, you know, remember remember how some of the episodes here and there, you know, like Data's Day, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I. I imagine it. Oh, I see. You're saying, uh, you mean giving, having the perspective be from a, a character other than the captain? Exactly. Where right. we are, are following this character around in the day to day and kind of, you know, seeing how she interacts, how she performs her tasks, how, you know, how things go about, you know, on the discovery. But perhaps, I mean, I could be completely off base here. But for some reason, I just imagine that to be the case because just just naturally, we would assume that we're we're being led about by the commanding officer, the captain. And since we're not, I feel as though some sort of, you know, explanation uh, has to go in in terms of why we're (laughs) why we're following the first officer instead um, I'm not even sure if she's a commander. I think that she's like lieutenant commander. That's correct. Uh, I believe so, you're right, yes. You know, exactly. There's there's just, I feel, a couple of details that might need to be filled in. Um, and for some reason, I don't always agree with this as, a, as the strongest choice uh, to, you know, delineate um, character development or plot. But for some reason, I feel like I've, they, they might go the voiceover route. Well, do, let me ask both of you. Uh, well, let me start with Big Sexy. Do you think that, okay, we, we talked about many times that the show, now we're all Trek fans here. Um, the show is starting off from behind the eight ball in that it's been delayed two to, at least twice. Some of, the, some of the set photos have not been all that uh, hype-inducing, let's say. Do you think that this name, Michael, for the main character who is female. And I love that. 
but then the masculine name for female lead character do you think that will serve to even further alienate the audience I don't think so. I don't. I think it's much ado about nothing. But you know, furthermore, in today's climate, where I'm going to tread very carefully here, where a lot of issues of gender identity are in the forefront, I think the producers, at some point or on some level, think they're being progressive by doing that with uh, the female lead character's name. You know, and I'm okay with that. You know, again and again, the name. Michael for a female is not unprecedented. You know, so if they're trying to be current by making that choice, cool. Let's go with it. Well but at the end of the day, I don't think it's really gonna impact her performance. I don't I don't think there'll be an episode where someone, you know, rolls up on her what kind of name was Michael for a woman anyway. <laughs> no, I don't I don't see that happening. Well, you know, it's interesting because I know every now and then in Star Trek Sometimes the women are referred to as Mr. Um, which sir. and Sir, correct? Right? Which so, kind of and that's why I liked how when Harry Kim called, you know, Janeway Sir, I totally love the fact that she called him on it. Like, that's no, I'm not a Sir. I don't so, remember that episode. I, I remember that. Yeah, early on. Okay. I think All it was right. Okay. Like, well, like straight out day, the two-hour pilot. Oh, was it the two, the pilot? That pilot yeah. was not one of my favorites, so I kind of repressed that, I guess. <laughs> oh, damn, Q. It, well, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but, um, you know, the other thing is uh, having that same first name, Michael, I do know that it is, well, as most of a lot of the names that we have uh, in Western society, it is Hebrew or Hebrew derivative, uh, Mikhail which means one who is like God. So I wonder if that plays a part in, in, in that. Who knows? I just wanted to Thank share you. I just wanted to share my knowledge. I am like God. Well we're all like God. Okay. Can anyway. we anthropological and whatnot? Damn you. <laughs> oh and I forgot we are recording this on East Sun Easter Sunday, so I wanna thank my crew for uh not taking any Easter vacation plans and uh embarking on this mission with me but i have no doubt that sonequa martin green is going to put it down on the show i mean if you are a fan of walking dead you know what sonequa is capable of even her she did a guest stint on a show that i watched called new girl i don't know if either of you know the show i know you know it big sexy because we talked about it when prince was on the show once yeah she did a guest stint on that show and uh she didn't play a badass per se but she was a formidable character now, just just I just want to throw this out there. This is anecdotal. When they first uh, introduced the coming of this show, Discovery, one of the first actors that they announced was going to be in the show was Michelle Yeoh, and I was just I was I was like, oh, I'm hyped for this because I remember Michelle. I know she's done tons of work, but what I remember her for uh, most is Tomorrow Never Dies, where. She was kicking more ass than James Bond. This was when Pierce Brosnan was in the role. And most famously for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, an amazing film. So I was like, okay. You got Michelle Yeoh as a captain. You got the female captain. You got a little diversity there. Uh, now her name, her, her name is, I don't know if this is her first or last name, Georgio. That's how I'm pronouncing it. And she is the captain of the starship Shenzhou. 
So I love the fact that um, we're getting something different. Now, I thought she was going to be the lead character, but then it came out that she was not the main character, and I was a little disappointed. Same here. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, we don't see... This will be the first time, because Star Trek is known for a lot of firsts. And other than, and we talked about this before, other than seeing Sulu in the captain's chair in Star Trek VI... And in a Voyager um, episode called Flashback, which repeated the incidents, the same incident that happened in Star Trek VI, uh, we have not seen an Asian captain in the center chair. So I thought that was going to be cool, and it was going to be cool to see a female again as well. So it was a little disappointing to find out that, um, and his name escapes me now, uh, Malfoy. Um, ah, help me out, Big Sexy. What's his name? The actor's name? I can't. Uh, uh, Isaacs, uh, Jason Isaacs, I believe. Uh, or uh, no, uh, not Oscar Isaacs. Yes, yes, no, Jason, Jason Isaacs. Jason yes. Isaacs, yes. Uh, he's playing Captain Lorca, <clears throat> and uh, Sonequa, who is a woman of color, uh, she's going to be number one. But it's going to be told through her sp- perspective. But I, I really do hope they manage to. I would rather see Michelle Yeoh as a crew member on the Discovery, so we see more of her. I mean, I hope she's not relegated to just a, um, a, a every now and then character. What, what are your What's your take on that, guys? Um, that was my concern, absolutely. As soon as I heard, because I got so excited, I was like, "Oh my God, you got Michelle Yeoh! What?" Yeah, I was so thrilled. And then, of course, that excitement and and <laughs> exultation quickly diminished. But I am very much, you know, on board. With Sonequa, but as soon as I heard that that Michelle was a captain of another starship, I immediately rolled my eyes. My first instinct—I'm sorry—I'm very c- cynical mm-hmm. when it comes to Asian representation or the lack thereof in sure. this industry. Right. I'll just. Right. So when I heard that she was a captain of another ship, immediately my concern, my thought was, "Oh, okay." So she's only going to be a recurring, a recurring guest star, right. you know, showing up maybe once every couple of episodes. And I honestly, honestly, in terms of names, because I know I, I'm actually kind of with you there. I'm really with you there. When oh, what's in a name? A lot, a lot in literature. There, there are reasons why people are given certain names. They are supposed to imbibe some kind of meaning Mm -hmm. as to the journey we're about to go on, uh, what this character represents or embodies in terms of, you know, personality, traits, characteristics. So I agree with you, but in this case, I get it. You're trying to be forward thinking. You're trying to be progressive. You're trying to tell us subliminally that in the future, names in terms of uh, masculine, feminine, you know, American, Chinese, or whatever, it, it's not going to matter as much in terms of being so identifiable and so specific culturally, you know, or, or, or gender specific. So I get it. Okay, that's fine. I can let that go. I can, I can not be concerned with that. My concern with the show is that I kind of feel like it's never going to happen. My you, feel, concern, you, feel what, you feel like what's never going to happen? The show. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been delayed. Yeah. Delay. Yeah. And even now, they're humming and hawing about 
giving an exact release date. And it doesn't even seem like they've really begun production. We haven't seen re any any real stills. We've only seen the cast and crew out to dinner. Uh, okay. Well, we did see the we did see the um we saw the Klingons with their well, we saw a set photo of what people are reporting are Klingons. I hope they're not because they don't look like the Klingons that we know. Exactly, and that whole reboot, even in you know, even in um, Into Darkness. You know, with Cumberbatch and that whole that whole shootout scene with the supposed Klingons. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't even know that's who they are until they tell us because they don't resemble Klingons at all. Honestly, in terms of the hair, even in terms of the the, the forehead ridges. Yeah. Any of it. Any of it. So I'm sorry, I digress. They My well, you, they look like metrosexual stink bugs. That's what they look like. <laughs> Cause they had they had on day glow I uh they had day glow contacts on, I'm like get the f what? They, they, they really they want to try to revamp reboot. I get it, but there are certain things that are meant to be held dear, that are meant to be you know. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. anyway, but the show itself, I have a lot of concerns. I kind of feel like it's never going to happen because they constantly delay and. My number one concern that makes me feel like it's never going to go anywhere beyond first season mm -hmm. is the fact that they're putting it on CBS Access on their streaming. I mean, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. So I have to pay eight bucks just to see this show? I well, mean, I just like that's going to just so many people. Well, you know. We did. We discussed that as well. I, I'm not sure why they think that's a good idea. I, I know people are getting more of their content online, but you know, if you're asking people to pay another eight dollars, I mean, I'm paying eight dollars for Netflix. I'm paying eight dollars for Hulu. I'm paying eight dollars for some sites that are a little dodgy. We, we won't get into that. Oh. And I'm paying fifteen dollars for HBO Now. I'm sure people are paying for Showtime. To ask me to spend eight dollars for CBS just to see one show is a little much, but I don't want to digress too much. I want to get us back. I want to chart the course back to strong women of Trek. And in doing that, I'd like to let's just do a, a general analysis about how women have been portrayed. We we know where we're going. If to, and by the way, uh, Claire, listen uh, and spoiler alert. Sonequa just gave up uh, a profitable gig on Walking Dead. <laughs> so I know she's like, this show's going to happen because I walked away from guaranteed money to do this show. So uh, that's a spoiler alert, everyone. So I hear you. But here's what, here's, and I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, no, but no. I'm Go ahead. sure, I'm sure that Adrian Palicki and uh. Nick. Yeah, on Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D., they were so positive yep. that they were walking away from a gig for a guaranteed spinoff. And look what happened to that. Very good point. <laughs> I can't argue with that. They got done wrong. Um, and Adrian Palicki, was a, I thought she was great on this show. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, so I want to, I just want to just do a, you know, a broad analysis of, you know how women were portrayed on Star Trek. And I don't know if this is insulting to do a show based on the women of Trek. Like they need a special spotlight on them. I mean, but I, I think that, you know, I think that we 
it's interesting to me to examine, uh, you know, uh, classes of people who I would say, I hate this word, or would be considered, let's say, minority class in terms of their representation. And I think, you know, we've seen over the last few couple years, women in Hollywood have been putting up the good fight for um, equal pay. I mean, well, not even in Hollywood, just across the board. So I, I wanted to devote the show to this. So I want to kick it off with, and it's going to be difficult, <laughs> the original series. Now, we know that this, sh this show was produced in the late 60s, from 1966 to 1969. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, that era because it wasn't good. Having said that, Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry, the great bird of the galaxy, his head and his heart were in the right place. Because as we all know, in the, in the original pilot, he cast Majel Barrett as the first officer of Starship Enterprise. Uh, she was to play the first officer to Captain Pike, if I'm not mistaken. And that was Roddenberry's vision. But the studio shot him down. And if I'm not mistaken, it was because they felt like no one would, would buy a woman in that position of power. So it's all about the time period. Now, as much as that sucks, and I know Craig J, if he's listening, he, 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 he was really upset about that. He thought that was really stupid and really short-sighted. And then we got, now, now Big Sexy, you'll back me up on this. We've got MacGyvers from Space Seed, <laughs> <laughs> who was a little bit of a pushover. You know, you get a guy with a, a strong-looking chest come onto your starship, and all of a sudden, you're willing to um, just forego your years of service to Captain Kirk. And commit treason. Yeah. Yeah. But we did get Uhura. Uhura. Now, I don't remember. Ah, see, this is, I, I should have, this is horrible. I don't remember Uhura's um, full name, but I think they revealed it in the Kelvin universe, the Abrams Star Trek universe. Um, but I don't remember, I can't remember her full name, but we have Uhura. A black female who is a member of the bridge crew, and you know, people joke that well, she was she was basically the receptionist. But hey, she was there on the bridge crew, and I remember an anecdote. I don't, I couldn't tell you where I saw this or read this, that during the the civil rights era, during the era of Martin Luther King, while he was putting in the good fight, she was ready to quit the show and I, I hate to speculate as to why she was I can only assume she felt like she wasn't being taken seriously as a character or as an actress I'm not really sure but she met with Martin Luther King and he insisted that she had to go back to that show because she was such um she was such a role model for young black women she was one of the few on network TV to have a plat to give black women a platform you. That was her and there was Julia. Julia. Pretty much it back then. Right, right. Exactly. So, um, now, that's all I've really got on the original series. Unless either of you have something you want to add. I cannot, because of the time period, I can't, I really can't think of, um, the only other character that comes to mind is, um, I don't remember her name, but um, who's the woman, uh, her, uh, she played on she, Dynasty. She played Linda on Evans? Dynasty. Not Linda Evans, but the, the I hate, the, the more catty one. Joan so, Collins. Joan Collins. 
She played on um, what is considered to be the best original series episode, uh, City on the Edge of Forever. And I have to rewatch that episode, but she was she was one of the characters that Kirk fell hard for in love. And it was one of the first episodes that dealt with going back in time and changing the past, but having ramifications on the future. But other than that, I really, I got nothing. I mean, you guys got anything about this era? Were there any character, female characters that oh, represented Q, for women? Q, 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 you disappoint me, my captain. What do you got? Well, first of all, the obvious choices for discussion from the original series are Nurse Chapel. Okay, she was running around, and she was just not, you know, there to hang with McCoy. You know, she actually, they had her character, you know, hint around the involvement with Spock, and they rekindled that in the animated series. Uh, there was also Yeoman Rand, who was there for eye candy. We all know this, you know, in the first season, and they didn't want Kirk tied down, or to appear to be tied down, so they got rid of her. But also in that... Well, see, there you go, they got rid of... You got a nurse, whoa, 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 whoa. and you said they got rid of Yeoman Rand, whoa, whoa, who I, I will whoa. admit I did I forgot about that character. I did forget about her. You know, but the thing thing is, all three women who were on that show, Uhura Rand and Nurse Chapel, were kind of up against you know the the waterfall here because look at and again I'm a child of the '60s, mm-hmm. so you have the women in the go-go boots and the little short skirts. Come on, man, you you can't treat women like that. You know, guys, you wear this. Ladies, skimp it up. Nah, that's bull. And that translated to the first season, actually the pilot of Next Generation of Encountered Farpoint. They had a couple of guys in a short uniform like yeah. that. And I'm looking at them like, fellas, really? Yeah, that's not how you equal out the battle. That's not, that's not how that you That is not how you equalize things, no. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're trying. They're trying. They've always tried to be progressive. So in this case, it's about the name. It's about the character. Her, her name is Michael. In TNG, the, the yeah, the opening pilot. Okay, let's have some men in dresses. Like they've always <laughs> tried. They've always tried to be progressive and forward thinking and outside the box and in just in any sort of unconventional format in which to tell the audience that this is the future. This is not our time. Things are going to be different. Right. But yeah. Did that work I, for you, Claire? Did that work for you, though? Seeing men oh, in skirts? Of of course not, but I don't want to see them. I don't want to see women or men walking around in skirts. Okay, I can see that. I don't want to see any of that. Now, did, now, correct me if I'm wrong, in the Kelvin universe, we're going to talk about that as little as possible, but didn't wasn't Uhura in another skirt? Wasn't uh, Saldana in a skirt as well? Couldn't tell you. Of course, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It wasn't until the third film mm-hmm. that they decided to give her a well, quote unquote, proper uniform. Because if you notice, if you notice in the 2009 film, and then in the sequel, Into Darkness, she's wearing the dress, but it's short sleeved. And the oh. thing is okay. that back in you know, original series, unlike TNG, where your rank insignia are the pips on your neck, mm-hmm. on your collar. Right. Original series, your rank insignia is on your sleeve. Oh, that's right. 
Remember? So it's kind of weird that for Saldana's character, she had no sleeves. So it wasn't until the third film that <laughs> wow. actually gave her a proper uniform that indicates her rank. Well, you know, I'm not a big fan of Saldana anyway, so, yeah. No, I'm, I'm joking. Damn. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. <laughs> What you said about Roddenberry, yes, I will, I will, I will agree with you that I, I believe that the reverence that we've given this man over the course of fifty years of Trek is well deserved. Yes, I do believe that. I do believe he was a visionary, mm -hmm. and for him to want to have put his future or current—I don't remember if they were married at the time—but his future wife, Majel, as the first officer. That is forward thinking. But sure. unfortunately, a product of the time. It is very much a product of the time. And he was, you know, notoriously a flirt. So again, everything is just, you know, you have to forgive certain things. You have to forgive the fact that the skirts were so short that you saw their, their panties like every time they sat down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm ch I choked up here. I'm sorry. <coughs> right, red panties. Yeah. Okay, okay, Claire, stop saying panties, please. <laughs> because I, I, because you're right. But you know, like Afroner says, the reptilian side. <laughs> okay. But no, yeah. you're you're right. You're right. The thing is, is that yes, it, everything is a negotiation. Everything in life is a negotiation. So, oh, okay, you don't want me to have a female commanding officer. Well, then at least, at least allow me to have a female of color on the bridge. So, yes, that was huge. I do remember that story. And I do fully support the fact that, you know, she, she might have felt out of place. Perhaps she felt that she wasn't being given the same respect. Perhaps she felt uncomfortable being in a room full of, you know, mostly white men. I, for whatever reason, she wanted to leave the show. Aren't we all so thankful that she didn't? That someone reminded her, someone in a very notable position of power and, and influence reminded her how important a role she is playing in the representation of a black woman who is intelligent, who is contributing to you know, this, this mission, who, I mean, she is the she is the reason why we had a black female astronaut. Ah, that's a good point. Good point. In that episode of TNG, that's a good point. She is the reason why Whoopi Goldberg wanted to be on TNG. I mean, it's it's so powerful having an image as a, as a child or in in general that tells you that yes, it is possible for someone who looks like me to do something of importance and of value and to contribute to society. So it's, I, I love that story. I can, and because of that story, I can forgive the sexism. I can forgive the, the, the short skimpy skirts, you know, because of how, how much of a, a legacy, you know, having her on there, you know, has, has, has left us, you know? That's exactly right. And you, you referenced Mae Jemison who appeared on an episode Either first, uh, second season, I want to say, I believe. Uh, and just as a side note, uh, I I had an opportunity to work with, do a job with her, uh, 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 videotaping a seminar she was a part of. 
And let's just say that it was an example of you you don't want to meet your heroes. <laughs> let's just put it that Damn, way. Damn. Yeah. I hey, hey, I call like I respect the hell out of her. <laughs> but some sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes. Anyway. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we go forward, um <clears throat> one thing Claire got me thinking about was as she spoke about the differences between the pilot episode and you know, the regular series, when you go back to that pilot episode, you see Major Roddenberry, number one, and the other woman whose name I forget, they are not wearing escapee skirts. They are dressed just like the guys out there on the planet's surface handling business. Interesting. You know, so maybe the producers came back at Roddenberry and said, you know what, look, we can't have another woman or have a woman as number one. We need to show a little more leg. That ain't going to fly. I don't know. But in that pilot, you do have a woman in the, in the number one position, and both women were on the bridge, and both women were dressed in uniform identical to the guys. Now, here's the question. Whenever they would cut to a close shot of, um, of uh, number one, Major Barrett, did they put on the, the woman filter that they did every no, time? they did not the do the little soft filter. They <laughs> the did soft not filter do and the eye light. <laughs> nope. She was whipping ass. Yeah, yeah. So now we now we jump from TOS. Now I want to forego the movies just for the for the minute for a minute, and we um, we get TNG, the Next Generation. Well, let me just say real quick to summarize the movies, and then I don't want to go into too much detail at this time. But I don't know that the movies did a lot of favors for women. Uh, any more favors? You had you had Lieutenant Savick, yeah. who. She, in Star Trek Two, she was not. I mean, she, I mean, she was learning. She was learning the rope. So I give that to her. Star Trek Three, she was a little bit stronger. She kind of held it down on the away mission to the planet Genesis. She she held it down with the young Spock. She was kind of like the glue of the away team. And you had Carol Marcus back in Star Trek Two, who was the leader of Project Genesis. I liked seeing that. Um, but. In Star Trek four, five, and six, I don't recall. Well, in four, you had you did have Madge Sinclair, uh, and that she was the first on-screen female captain, Jamaican-born. She was the first female captain we saw. Of course, like I said before, she's on screen for two minutes, and then her ship gets gets destroyed by a whale probe. I mean, okay. Um, and, um, you know, just a side note, I, I know I'm dissing a lot of people, but yeah, <laughs> I, I did some, I did some uh, research on Madge Sinclair and she had, uh, she had children. She, she was, she had a boyfriend. She had kids with the guy and then she left the family to go to LA to become a, to, to become an actress. And I'm like, really? Wow. Hold on, hold it, hold it, hold it. <clears throat> Where did you hear this? Well, it was it was on. Uh, I think it was it was either the the wiki page of Star Star Trek wikia page. So then, until you hear her side, you right. don't know, man. You don't know all the parameters and the uh, nuances that went happen. So went on with that. She's not with us anymore, so unfortunately. Then I guess we're never going to find out. <laughs> That's correct. I just I well I mean she was uh, she was driven, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and now in Final Frontier, we do get Uhura as a strong character, but 
Final Frontier was just a big sandwich all around. <laughs> because we see Uhura, this iconic starship commander, in a belly dancing outfit, doing an exotic dance on the planet where they have to, um, I forget what, they go there to rescue um, some people who were taken over by the, the renegade Vulcan. You remember the scene I'm talking about? I remember her in the outfit, but I do not recall the context of that scene at all. She was she was being used as a distraction so that Kirk and crew could break into the um, the place where the hostages were being held. Which and, one was the one with the uh, Iman? Iman. Oh, that was Star Trek Six. She played an alien, right? Yeah. That was Star Trek Six. In in Star Trek Six, I don't recall any strong female characters at all there. Other than Uhura, and you know, you had you had secondary characters like you had the yeah. Klingon, the the daughter of the Klingon um, Klingon Prime Minister, I suppose, but no strong characters. So the the movies kind of fell off. It, 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 Star Trek Four, I get it, secondary character. True. Oh wait, you did have wait, you did have um, Catherine Bach. I forgot about Catherine Bach. She she was Daisy a Duke. It was not maybe it's not Catherine Bach. She played. Uh, she was on um, Seventh Heaven. Yes. I uh, can't remember her last name. But I can't she, think of her name either. She played the. Um, she was the whale um, biologist. Biologist. Yeah. She's smart enough to know that there's something going on here, and she's like, "Let me guess. You're from outer space." And classic Shatner charm. He looks at her and he says. No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Wow, nice. And the actress's name is Katherine Hicks. She played Dr. Jillian Taylor. Now, here's an interesting uh, tidbit since we're talking about strong women. Apparently, Majel Barrett was uh, originally supposed to be in Star Trek IV as Christine Chapel. Uh, but, and I'm reading from Wikipedia, many of her scenes were omitted in the final cut, angering the actress. <laughs> Her final role in the film consists of one line of dialogue and a reaction shot. But like I say, the movies, I don't know. I think the women overall, the pres the, the strong female presence kind of took a took a step back throughout the the six iterations of the original series. But then we move into The Next Generation, which that show I think Star Trek 5 was in theaters when that show first came out was was uh, released i could be wrong about that but man I, I gotta tell you i think the women took a bold leap forward in next generation and next generation is probably my favorite version of star trek because it dealt with you had the action you had sci-fi but it managed to um make some of the social political issues of the day they kind of did the old rip from the headlines with with Star Trek. They they covered abortion. They covered um, uh, gentrification. They covered um, um, a, uh, a lot of issues. Racism. Uh, they covered a lot of issues, and it was well done. A well written show. And you had you had uh, Beverly Crusher, smart, resourceful, the chief doctor, medical doctor, who had written numbers of papers for Starfleet uh, Starfleet Medical. You had, um, now, I wasn't a big fan of the character, but she was a strong character. You had Deanna Troy, 
uh, ship's counselor. Now, I don't know if that's a little stereotypical that the ship's counselor is a woman because women are, you know, are you playing off of that maternal thing with women being, uh, 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 not enablers, but uh, uh, being more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Empathic. Empath- well, empathic, but more, um, like, you know, when a baby Nurturing. Is- nurturing, that's the word, more nurturing. Uh, you had Tasha Yar. Badass. Unfortunately, the, Deadass. Act, the actress, the actress, you know, she, she, she got she, she was on her Shelley Long from Cheers. Thought she was bigger than the show, and they handled her. And then you had Guyan. Is that why? Is that why they got rid of her? Isn't that why they got rid of Tasha, uh, uh, Tasha Yar? I thought she volunteered to leave after a season. Was it two? One or two? When you know. The producer said, look, somebody's got to go. And she's like, okay, well, I'll go. Because she felt that her and Worf's characters were too similar. Hmm. Which they kind of were. Why did I think she was a problem on the set? I don't know if I heard that she was a problem. Yeah, I never heard that. In fact, I, that's why they brought her back several times. I did hear that she, you know, she just felt like it was time to leave. Because um, I know it was... Her choice that she didn't want to stay. In fact, she she requested to end her contract early. Why would like she, she do that after only two uh, two seasons? Yeah, she didn't even like finish out. She didn't even finish out that season. She was just she was just out of there. But it was it was just too bad because you know that that's the beauty of 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 Trek. I mean, for me, I know personally seeing women in these positions of of power between between um you know tng ds9 voyager it just it's so powerful to see a woman as a chief of security as chief medical officer as an engineer as a captain that's I right mean, this yeah powerful and it kind of made you wonder if there was animosity the way they killed her off it made you wonder that, that seemed like they just cobbled that script together. There was no, uh, what was the character, the evil oil slick? I can't remember its name, but I mean, how long did it take to come up with that? <laughs> and it hasn't been heard from since. I know, right? It was, and they, they said it was just pure malevolent evil that was stuck on the planet. I mean, ah, lame writing to get rid of a character. But Absolutely. I, I have to say, I just didn't think. And I can't remember the actress's name, um, but the actress playing her, Denise Crosby. Denise Crosby. Crosby. And she did a um, she did a documentary called Shrekies, I believe. She did two of them. She did two of them. Um, I just I didn't think she gelled well with the cast either. I don't, and I don't think she, I didn't find her that strong an actress, to be honest. I have to be honest. I had no problem now. I and I will say I thought Worf made a far better security chief not to say that they couldn't have cast another female that would have been much better than denise crosby i i I don't think she was a good fit but you know what ultimately while i can appreciate the significance of her character being there from you know from jump everybody unanimously is in agreement that when she left the show the cast and how they had to kind of shuffle things around Meaning that Jordy and Worf were no longer at the con, that Jordy was now chief engineer and Worf was now chief of security. 
moving people around into a more significant role of prominence and power and authority in their expertise, I felt strengthened the show, strengthened the, the cast dynamic because her being there, it's just one of those things where you have to cut each slice of the pie even smaller. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I, 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 you know, who was the chief engineer prior to Jordy taking that position? It was multiple, multiple actors. Multiple. It was that one, that one guy, oh, jeez, when they separated the uh, saucer section in season one, and they left Jordy in charge of the ship. Yeah. And he called the guy from engineering and said, look, you need to come on up here. Well, I'm the chief engineer. He's like, the captain left me in charge. This is driving me crazy. <laughs> exactly. They've had multiple actors fill in that role. I gotta look this up. <laughs> well, I, I gotta and- tell you, I think LeVar Burton, I think he... He he owned that role once he got that position. You were going to say something, Claire. No, no, no. But you're right. You absolutely are. Once he took over, once be- that became his domain, I just felt like now we're, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Now we are able to really see Jordy and Worf shine because you're really giving them something to do. Unlike when, you know, you had Tasha there and occasionally uh, Worf and Jordy were at the con, you know, it felt like you, you, their, their talents are being wasted. We're not really seeing their full potential or, you know, purpose, honestly, in terms of why these characters should be deemed any more valuable or significant than any of the other bridge crew that we see on rotation. I so would, I would agree. I would agree. I, like, you know, it's I, I think it's great that we got to see that. We got to see a taste of a woman in that role, you know, with the short hair and, and everything, you know, very powerful. And in fact, it's funny. It's very funny to think about the fact that Denise Crosby and Marina Sirtis originally were auditioning for the opposite roles. Oh, my God. I cannot picture Marina Sirtis as the chief uh, security chief. <laughs> Agreed, because they wanted they wanted Denise. They wanted a blonde kind of like classic beauty Grace Kelly type as the counselor. But then once they auditioned these women, they realized that this doesn't fit the energy or the tone of what these characters you know you know represent. So I just I was laughing when I thought about that when I when I heard it on the uh, the behind the scenes Blu-ray. Which I must say, for any of you hardcore TNG fans, the Blu-ray box set is absolutely a worthy investment. There's so much archival wow. footage, interviews. I, 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 Claire, don't I, I don't I don't have the money. Don't make me go out and pull out my plastic again. I can't. Don't tell me <laughs> no more. I don't want to hear no more. You telling me there are? Are you telling me there are like deleted scenes and bonus stuff on the Blu-ray box set? Oh. Tons. Oh God. And tons of in-depth interviews with the writers. It just gives you so much insight. And especially for me, I have such an appreciation for writers. I I was watching um their their round table discussion and I realized doing the math that they were just kids. A lot of these guys were just kids when they were writing, you know. 27 episodes a season. Wow. They were barely 26 years old. Hmm. Well, and they were I, I, my, hat, my hat is off to them. If they were that young, they... I mean, there were some clunkers. I mean, you're going to be honest about that, right, Claire? There were some clunkers. 
course, of course. And there was a changing a changing of the guard between the first three seasons right. and the remainder the remainder of the show. There was definitely a changing of the guard in terms of the writers' room, um, showrunners, uh, the overall vision and tone of the series. You can tell it kind of really locked in more towards like the third or fourth season. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? It, the show locked in for me. When they got, I think it was season three, when they got out of those god-awful skin-tight uniforms. <laughs> that was not a good look. <laughs> okay, the guy was Chief Engineer Logan. Wow. That's who that was. And oh, then yes. an ass. He was, he a, was a big ass. And then they gave uh, Jordy the gig in season two, I believe. That sounds right. But I, I wanna, um, but I wanna uh, move forward, and I just wanna give a couple shout outs, and if, I want you guys to comment as you see fit. I gotta shout out their two female characters. They were not mainstays. One of them, well, one of them was. One was just a walk on. But I tell you what, this female was such a bad ass. Oh, there is, it's, it's a sin that they did not write her into another show. And I'm talking about Rachel Garrett. Captain yeah, Rachel pretty bad. Rachel Garrett. <laughs> Enterprise C, Yesterday's Enterprise. I love that woman. Great episode. She was do or die, ride or die. She was like, this is my ship. And it's weird because she, um, I mean, Yesterday's, Yesterday's Enterprise is a classic. I don't have to go through what that was about. But, um... It was funny because they were wearing uniforms without the the the, um, the cowl neck, which was weird. I hated those. It was weird. I hated those. Ugh. But I just want to give her a shout out. And my second favorite non-main lead female character. I mean, this was you can't. I, this woman was bad. I mean, you can't say the other word that goes with that. <laughs> but, I know you're gonna say. I know you're gonna say. Go ahead. Ensign motherfucking row. There it is. That's my girl. Ensign yeah. Rose. She wasn't having it. Michelle Forbes. Uh, she was McKee, right? Yes, yeah, she was. No, she was Bajoran. She was. She wasn't. I know she was Bajoran, but I thought. Then, but then she sold out to the McKee at the end. That's what it was. Turned yeah. on final episode. Right. Oh right, and she, I remember her saying something like, uh, "She, I can't remember the situation, but she she betrays Picard, and she's." She said, she said someone, please tell Captain Picard I'm so sorry. Or... Exactly. She told, um, she told Riker that, yeah. She yeah. told Riker, yeah. But I, I'm telling she... you what, that's, she was such a strong character. It's a, and, and Big Sexy, you told me, and we're going to transition into the next uh, series, you were the one that informed me that she was supposed to play um, the Norris. She was supposed to be... Major the, Kira. Major Kira. It was going to be Major... Um, Row, it right? was going to be row, yeah, but she didn't want to do it. Why not? I cannot tell you. Maybe she don't want to be typecast in that universe. I don't know, but she she passed. <sighs> now, oh. Narice, or what is her name? Nana Visitor did a great job with that character, but the idea of row on that would have been amazing because she wasn't having any of it. I could so see, but you know what? I'm I'm not I, I'm dissing people left and right. Here we go again. But Cisco, my man, I mean that's my brother right there. But he could he he couldn't have stood up to Ro. Ro would have had his balls in a vice. 
Agreed. Oh my god. Yeah, I love the picture. Okay. I mean, Ro, nobody's with Ro. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I just, I wish she would have been in one of the movies at least. Such a strong character. One of the strongest female characters. I'm gonna say of the whole, um, the whole franchise. I so. remember that episode that she did with Jordy when they were in a different phase. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the next phase. Yes. The next, next phase. You know, just, just even listening to the interviews, you, I mean, you could tell Lavar Burton was like, "Wow, I, I gotta, I gotta up level my game." Oh, you know it. <laughs> to keep I'm... up. To keep up with her because her energy is so intimidating. Yes. And yes. it is so powerful. I mean, it's one of those things where every other actor around her has to step up. Otherwise, you will be steamrolled. Yeah. You yeah. know, for sure. I loved her. I absolutely loved her. And I was surprised and disappointed as well when I found out that she uh, she didn't want to take on that you know that major role in in DS9 but i get it i understand some actors are terrified of getting locked into an ongoing universe you know yeah but, but, then, actors, but actors know that the universe of which we speak is is very much a family that's why you see the same actors over and over and over constantly working like like robert picardo right you know well, right. well that's the thing Okay, I can understand her not wanting to be typecast, but what has she done? The only other thing I know she's done, she appeared in an episode of Seinfeld, and she was she was just as intense as Instant Roe in that episode of Seinfeld. But other she's than in, that, what has she done? She's in the show The Killing. The Killing. I'm yes, sure. she was great in that. Great. Yeah. Okay. Drama. A lot of drama. Was that, a lot of HBO, was that an HBO show? HBO show? The killing was uh no no killing was I think AMC. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. It was okay. AMC. Okay. Come yes. on, keep, get with it. I knew it wasn't Most, a network show. Quick shout out! Quick shout out to two two actresses. Uh, they they only did a one off. They were only guest star of the week, but I will say they they made an impact on me in terms of their uh their complexity, their layers, their charm, their you know. They're, the fact that they were flawed. And I like that. I like that. Do not try to put women up on this princessy, you know, you know, vessel of, of being of being something that represents, you know, just feminine and good and sweet and no, no. Women can be just as vile, just as bad. So I'll say this. Two characters that I found immensely fascinating. Vash and <laughs> wait oh my gosh i can't remember her name oh shame on me i can't remember her name but she was one of the rebels in this uh this city that and she was sexy as hell they had her in that cat suit i was like oh dang okay go on now um she pretended to, to be tasha's sister her? yes Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking. Oh yeah. 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 What's up? <laughs> she had kind of she had that mark she had that marky post early nineties. Yes. 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 I know who you're talking about. I, I recently I recently saw that. It wasn't a great episode, I don't think, but I oh, no, it wasn't a great episode. But I just I find those characters to be fascinating. 
Now, Vosh, Vosh, I know, I remember Vosh. Who was that? She's a thief. She's a con artist. And she met Picard on Risa. Was that, Dev was was that Devil's Due? That wasn't Devil's Due. No, right? no, 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 no. You're thinking, of, you're thinking someone else. Ooh, she was, ooh, she was delicious. She was fun, too. Oh. And no, Vosh, she also came back in the DS9. Oh, I remember Vosh. Vosh. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, gallivanting with Q. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I remember uh, Jennifer Hetrick. Yes. yes, I remember her. Yeah, she was fun too. <laughs> yeah, she's fun. She's an adventure. She's 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 a thief. She's she's manipulative. I love that stuff. Love it. Well, now before I, before we leave TNG, uh, there's um there's this website I'm looking at. Well, Screen Rant. They do. Uh, 15 really terrible moments for women in Star Trek. And most of them, most of them, as you know, are in, as you would guess, are in the original series. But one of them, I got to give them credit. I don't know what the hell, well, the, oh no, two. And there's two of them, guys. And one of them is not even in this. Claire, I want you to take note. Now, the first one is with uh, the character Kamala. Do you remember this episode? It's called yes, The I Perfect do. Mate. Oh, my God. Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen. Oh. What the hell was that? Oh, yay, yay. Well, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What was wrong with that? That was a great episode. Because, no. Well, she's, she's hot. Yes. Well, yeah. But... You have two warring factions, and in order to squish the beef, they had her. She was wait, 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 a, wait, wait. Oh, God. Listen, don't say squish the beef, please. Can you give me word I, that? Sounds, that was terrible. <laughs> Jesus In order Christ. to end the conflict... Thank you. How's that? That better? Much better. You know, they had her, and she was, I want to say, some type of um, something morph. I forgot the name of it. A metamorph. Thank you. A metamorph. And she was going to imprint on one of the Warring Faction's leader and say, look, I am from you, Ulrich Revolt. Let's, let's resolve this. But To be, to be his she, perfect companion. Exactly. But That's... she ended up, you know, marking up on, uh, on Picard, which was cool. You know, which was cool. That and was you saw, come on now. Right Mac, which was all right. Episode that episode structurally is a feminist nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Structurally speaking, that is true. But the reason why it that episode holds near and dear to me is because years later we see Patrick Stewart and Famka Jansen together again on the X Men. So that's yes, why yes. it holds near and dear to me. And in the episode, I kid you not, I kid you not, when she's trying to explain what she is to Picard and, and Riker, who's already like, you know, looking her up and down, um, she's, she uses the word a mutant. And I was like, oh my God! She says that in the episode? Yes! She does. Yes, she wow. does. Okay. was shadowing X-Men. It was crazy. It's crazy. But yes, I can see how, because they even address it, they even address it between an argument, uh, you know how Picard and and Beverly, they have breakfast, you know, right. they have tea, right. they, they talk, they, they're friends, and they've known each other forever, you know, he was there when her husband died, so they, they were discussing the situation, and Beverly cracked me up, she was so upset, how can you do this, how can you... How can you deliver her like a courier to be this gift 
that she can exist only to please a man. How can you do that? And he's saying, listen, Beverly, on our world, in our culture, historically, we've done this as well. We've done arranged marriages. We've done that. So we're no, you know, we're no better. I mean, it's, it's something that we've also had in our, our you know, traditions at some point. And she is, she called the old man who, you know, is the, the ambassador. And she's like, you know, that, that ambassador of sorts, who's really just, uh, she didn't use the word pimp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She used the word very similar. And it just cracked me up. Well, now, now, Claire, I want, I can't wait to hear what you say about this one. Now, this is one of my favorite episodes of TNG. Lessons, Season 6, Episode 19. This episode is Picard uh, sexually harassing or involved in sexual harassment of a female crewmate. And let me just just explain. If you remember the episode, Picard falls deeply in love with this woman named, I'm looking this up, Darren. And she's she's like a exobiologist or something like that. She's a scientist, and he doesn't he ha, he's forced to um, send her on a dangerous away mission, and she almost dies. She doesn't die, and at the end of the episode, he says, "I'm going to have to transfer you because I can't deal with sending you away on these away missions where you might get killed. I can't live with that." Are you kidding me? So what you're saying is. This woman, who I'm assuming has worked her ass off to get to be posted on the flagship of Starfleet, of the Federation, Captain McCarter saying, you got to go because I can't handle your presence here. No, I can't handle her presence. He couldn't, you know, handle risk of her, having her risk her life. No, 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 She's a, a, a woman, a woman working for a man who falls in love. They fall in love, but because the man can't handle delegating to her, she has to. Her career has to suffer. How does her career suffer? She wasn't because, promoted. No, she was. If you, let's say you're working for, uh, let's say you're working for the CEO of a company, right? Or uh, let's say you're working for Apple, right? But for whatever reason, you get involved with someone there, a higher up, and they can't—they don't—they don't, they don't want—they can't deal with you. So they say, "Well, listen, I got you a job working at Sam's Electronics. Do you think you might be a little pissed off that you—you you have to leave Apple, one of the well, biggest?" Well, see, you are—you are adding uh, a layer here. We don't know where the girl went. Exactly. I don't no, know. No, no, no. It's the comparison, but I do understand. Some of what you're saying, I don't exactly recall the, the, the nuance of the episode. All I remember specifically is when he's playing the flute and she's playing the piano. That was beautiful. The- that was beautiful. Beautiful. That was beautiful because, yes, you know, every now and then we do need to see, you know, some sort of exploration into his, his, uh, his psyche. And when he, which that episode, which it's referring to, calling back to, the episode in which the probe 
imbues those memories, a lifetime of memories. Oh, you're talking about the inner, the inner light. The inner light, a right. beautiful gem, very unique. It won the Hugo Award. In, exactly, emotional, truly an emotional episode. And, and I'm so glad that they kept the flute to call back on because that is something that would seriously affect you, you know, for the rest of your life, having those, those memories, you know? But anyway, when they play the song, which he originally learned in that episode, and they're, you know, they're harmonizing and they're playing together and she's got that little roll-up keyboard and, right. and everything. It was so sweet and it was so beautiful. So I, again, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted because I know that nostalgia is a powerful thing and it allows us to forgive a lot and overlook a lot. I, I'm aware of that. In terms of what you're saying, we don't necessarily know that she ended up in like a Siberia, you know, yeah. of, of getting transferred. But if you're working on the flagship star, flagship of the Federation, you don't want to leave. Riker was there for seven years. People were saying, "Dude, why are you still here?" He because it's, he said every it's this is the Enterprise. That's why. You think she wanted to leave? Let, let me just read this real quick. Uh, this is a synopsis. You can read this on memoryalpha.wikia.com. Uh, uh, lessons. Last paragraph. Last act. Picard and Darren realize that they can never have a relationship while she is under his command, where he is responsible for putting her life in jeopardy in the line of duty. Well, I kind of think that's bullshit because uh, Captain Picard doesn't mind putting anybody else in. I, I think Captain Picard has been has, is seasoned enough to know that. You know, that's what it, that's it is what it is. But OK, they discuss whether one of them could give up their career and follow the other, but immediately realize that this would be not satisfactory. This would not be satisfactory. Hence, get this hence, Darren decides to apply for transfer. Why does Darren you know, have to apply for a transfer? Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's think about that for a moment, because now that you, now that you mentioned that when the synopsis, uh-huh. You know, I don't have the episode in front of me, but isn't it possible that when she came back from the mission, he was all like, hey, baby, I was worried about you. She's like, you know, what? I'm not having this. You know, I can't do my gig. If you're going to be motherheading me, I got to go. No, I wasn't like that, that, too. It was very, it, was, it was very melancholy. And I but it wasn't so one sided, though. I just well, this is this is from the writers. I got to say to the writers. I, and, and Claire, um, you know, I guess you, you, you disagree, but I I can't believe that they shouldn't have set it up where one of them would have to leave because you know Picard's not going to leave because that's the show. He's the star of the show. And it, to have this woman say, well, I'll put in for a transfer from this, from this ship that it takes years to get posted to and you have to work hard. They've established that people, that the Enterprise is the ultimate post. And so for her to say, I'm just going to leave because I don't want you to be uncomfortable. It's bullshit. At least I think think so. How would would you have resolved it? I would have done it where um, maybe maybe she did something foolhardy, which almost got her killed. Because if I remember correctly, it was the planet, the surface of the planet was exploding. And maybe she did something foolhardy that almost got her killed. And so the Admiral or the Admiral... uh, she gets brought up on not charges, but she gets demoted for putting the away team in at jeopardy risk. at risk. Right. 
but that but that calls into question her strength of character as a person that she would do something reckless the whole thing is is that there there's we need to believe that we understand okay we we fully understand why captain picard fell in love with her you know right, right. she's intelligent because she's strong because and and I love the fact I love the fact that throughout the series any of the women that he's had some sort of romantic uh inclination towards I love the fact that they're not they're not little girls mm-hmm. okay they have been women okay mature not not naive not a princess but you know someone that yes I can see why you would be a little bit put off by the fact that well why does she have to leave why does she have to sacrifice you know this this great opportunity just to make him you know comfortable you know just i get it i get where you're coming from on that but i can also see why there really isn't an a clean break in which to end you know the episode well oh, well i listen i have to say i'm surprised um I figured out I was going to get a diatribe from Claire <laughs> about that situation. See, but, Q, once again, once again, once again, <laughs> yes, once again, nostalgia, you know, nostalgia is a powerful thing. I will, I will cop to that. I'll admit that nostalgia does allow us to look back on things with rose petal glasses and it allows us to overlook or forgive certain things that we would probably be less tolerant of in this day and age. You're right. I will absolutely concede to that. But having having been, you know, that's be said, it's still when I when I think about it, who was it? Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou that, that made that beautiful quote. People will not remember what you say or what you do, but they will always remember how you make them feel. Okay. And so because I like that. You know, it's just to me that episode. It was, it was, it was lovely. It was lovely, and yes, I thought that there were certain elements of of um, the perfect mate that I thought were very lovely and charming. Because why? Because I was willing and open, open minded enough at the time to listen to the dialogues, listen to the conversation, and yes, they do bring up the other side of the argument at at certain points. They have to. They have to explore that. But at the same time, you just kind of have to go in knowing that this is a story that's being told and we might not like necessarily the the message it might be giving off. But at the same time, there's the, the, the point is, is that not everything in life is going to be in alignment with your beliefs. And you just kind of have to go along with like, how do I react to this situation? How would the card react to this situation? And for me, these are just opportunities in which we get to like i said explore his psyche because he has that loner you know position where he can't he can't just run off and get married and even though it'd be nice for him to settle down and be in a relationship we know that internally that's just not how he's wired you know he's he's meant to be the loner but now now let me and we're we're, we're spending way more time than i plan to but this is very interesting now, if you look at Riker and Troy, Riker goes on to become captain of the Titan. He's married to Troy. He doesn't. It's interesting. He doesn't have the same compunction because now Troy is a commander at this point. 
And she is on the Titan. I'm sure she has. I don't know what her position is. I doubt it's more. Well, I guess would it still be? You think it's still with ship's counselor? Possibly. Oh. Possibly. I mean, would she really go through all those tests and still stay as a ship's counselor? Although, you know what? In um, in Voyager, she appears in a number of episodes as a counselor. So I guess, I guess it's a little different beast there. She's still a counselor. She's not going to be going on uh, violent or dangerous away missions as a counselor, I suppose. But just to move it on, one other thing. Speaking of Troy, there was an episode. It's also one of my favorite episodes, <clears throat> Man of the People. And this is the one where there is um, there's um, a negotiator who uh, has to negotiate between two warring factions on a planet, and what he he's a he's a psychic something or other. He he no, he is a Betazoid. No, 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 no. No, he's not a Betazoid. I know that for a fact. Oh, oh, I was, I was talking about. I'm sorry. But he he ha episode. he has the ability. He's an empath. He has the ability. To dump his negative emotions onto a vessel. Yes. And he does that to Troy. And even though it was good, uh, and, and Claire, you you spoke to this. It's good that maybe this isn't such a negative thing because you said it best. It's good that all the women, the women were allowed to be sleazy and flawed and all this, and that's a good thing. They they can't all be virtuous and strong and virtuous because they're not. Then they, they don't become real people. So. In this episode, we see Troy getting her groove on with a young ensign <laughs> as, as a result of being uh, poisoned by this guy's uh, negative emotions. Remember that? Remember that scene? Oh, yeah. oh yes. And then Riker walks in. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. Yes. And the guy's like, sorry, Commander. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> Let me get my shoes on. <laughs> And you you know the ensign was down in lower decks talking about you know what you know what I hit last night shoot let me tell you what happened. Now see, now if any any person on the ship got sent to Siberia, it was him. I guarantee you, Riker got rid of his ass. <laughs> so yeah, so you had Troy getting her groove on there. Uh, were there any other female characters um, that that we uh, we had uh, uh, Pulaski? I know you liked her, big sexy. I like Pulaski because you know. She had a link to the original series, and Ooh. I like what they did with her character a lot. A lot. Yeah, I hate you know? it. Different energy. It gives a different yeah. energy having an older woman bring in that maternal quality, you know? She was very I loved, shrewish. I loved, <laughs> actions. I loved her interactions with Data. Yeah, I she, like what she did cool. the tea ceremony with Worf. I thought that was cool. I just, But she, she was more like... She was what I give her. I'll give her credit. She was kind of like more like bones. She reminded me of a female bones, a little bit crustier around the edges. But well, compared me, to uh, Crusher, yeah. Give me Crusher any day. Give me Crusher any day. And speaking of behind the scenes, I mean, listen, they didn't like Gates McFadden. Here, here. We talked they about didn't that. Yeah. Like her. They didn't like her, but the why, audience. Why, why didn't they like her? Um, you know, I don't necessarily know because obviously I wasn't there, but perhaps, perhaps it was because Gates, you know, had the tendency to open her mouth about, well, why are the women saying things like this? Or why can't a woman That's what do I this? Thought. That's what I thought. She, yeah, was kind of, she, she was kind of like the female Edward Norton, right? Yeah. <laughs> she was a little bit... <laughs> 
wait a second, you know, if this is the future, then why are the women saying these backwards things? And why are we? And she kind of had a tendency to complain about certain things that she felt weren't very uh, progressive or feminist. And the problem is, is that, you know, you're still dealing with people that have a little bit of that bent in their worldview. Even, you know, I think she might have butted heads with, uh, with, with Roddenberry. So they wanted her out. They wanted her out and they wanted to bring um, Pulaski in from original series. But the problem is, is that the audience, the audience preferred pressure over Pulaski. So they did the switchback. And that's why you had a lot more episodes that were crusher centric. I, I ain't mad at her. <laughs> because two, two, two of two her there are two episodes that she that were centered around her character. Remember me, which is a dope episode. Loved it. I'm sorry, you just said dope. I said dope. That's right. Loved it. And there was that other episode where she um, kicks some ass in the shuttlecraft with this lizard alien who's trying to fly her into the sun. That was a good episode. That, that was, was a good episode. yes, it was a good, all of her, all Beverly centric episodes were good episodes. No, these are the ones I no. remember. The one where she fell in love with the ghost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Sub Rosa. Yeah. That was some bullshit. You're right. You're right. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Why, how are you gonna prove the captain wrong so easily, big sexy? Damn. I think you answered your own question. <laughs> so all right. So um, and then we had, of course, we can't forget Gyne, and we mentioned her before. I, you know, ver- she was a strong female presence. I don't know that she had a lot to do on the show. Uh, there was a lot of setup with her that we never saw paid off. For example, in Q Q Who, where we introduced the Borg, they do they in, intimate that Q and Guinan have some sort of history because Q says, "Get this imp off your ship, Captain. She's not what she seems." And we never find out what that's about. And then that was a great episode. Yeah, that was a good episode. And in Times Arrow, where. Uh, uh, Guinan and uh, Picard act like they used to be lovers in another life. You know, you're very special to me, Captain. It's like whatever. Oh, but, um, come on, man. That's, that's a but. That was a great opportunity. See, to me, that's what I mean. I love time travel. I'm a sucker for anything that has to do with time space continuum and all the different paradoxes that you know you might run into should you change any details or should you. Find, find yourself in a a, temp, a temporal causality loop, and I thought that Whoopi Goldberg was such a fine addition because she and Picard even have that debate where you know what she's really talking about with that episode, uh, the measure of a man, when they debate on right. on Data's Data's sentience and his his right to you know be as opposed to Starfleet wanting to treat him like a machine that can be dismantled and duplicated. And so her conversation with Captain Picard really is the linchpin because you know, she, without even saying it, she's talking about slavery. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, it's so, funny you say that because this, um, I, I respect what you said. I was not a fan of Time's Arrow. We we discussed that on another show. I, I did not really like. Well, Big Sexy, you know that we talked about it. We talked in our two. You're still wrong, man. Yeah, You're still wrong. Too. But but Claire, it's interesting you say that because I thought 
and we're getting off a little off topic, but I thought that Data had the better philosophical argument when he says, and it's about another uh, black character, uh, where he says, you know, Captain, um, uh, Jordy's visor is superior to humans, the vision of humans. Am I correct? And he says, well, yes, Data. Well, then why is it that we don't uh, get rid of, have humans gouge out their eyes and supply them with visors? Something along those lines. I thought that was, I, I, to me, that resonated with me. And this is just anecdotal. It has no relevance to what you're talking about. But if we're talking about philosophical arguments, I respect what you're saying. But that one really resonated with me. Oh, I hear you. And that's an excellent point. Yeah. That's an excellent point to be made. But I, I just felt like, Guinan, I mean, I'm a fan of Whoopi Goldberg's. I just thought her character was underwritten. She, she was basically exposition. Anytime they needed to explain something, that's when we would see Guinan. And I just thought they could have, unless I'm, unless I'm forgetting an episode, you know, we got a lot of material here. We got, you know, seven seasons of TNG. I just thought she was there to just discuss things so that the audience could be brought up to date on exposition or things could be explained to no, the audience. No, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I, I believe that Guinan was always meant to be a window character. Now, the only problem with that is that it ends up being redundant to the purpose of Troy in terms of getting characters to open up and for us to kind of get into their heads and see where they're at, you know, emotionally, psychologically. But the bartender role is usually meant to be the wise no, sage, no, that's good. That's a you good know? Point. Yeah, you're right. I never is thought he, of it that way. Like the Western... He, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Exactly. The wise sage there to give you some advice or to kind of allow you and the audience to examine the situation in it, you know, from a different perspective. You know? I still would have liked to have seen Ghana kicking some ass every now and then. I agree. There was a moment, there was half a second, half a second when um the crew they were they were succumbing to some sort of force that brought out their aggression. So they started fighting and arguing and <laughs> oh, yeah. messing up 10 forward and Guinan she pulls out the rifle uh, I seem like I remember that yeah oh yeah yeah so we saw a hint a hint of that but yes I agree underwritten underutilized I wish she I let him know she's like this is level one would you like this level two <laughs> I do remember that I, I don't know I, don't, I couldn't tell you the situation but I remember that line but you know Guinan she 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 kind of messed with my with my boy Warf when she gave him, and I said this before, don't be giving Warf prune juice. Don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, that brings a new meaning to the word Klingons. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along here. And on that, on that note. I, uh, he was raised by Russians. That is true, yes. A lot of borscht. <laughs> <laughs> Now, on that note, we are going to take a layover on DS9, and we're going to take some shore leave. I, I, I told you, with Claire on the show, it's going to be a hot one. We went a little over, so we're going to break this up into two parts. So uh, the plan is that uh, usually we put out a show every two weeks, but um, we're going to follow this up within a week. And uh, we're going to continue this voyage. We're going to, like I said, we're going to stop over at DS9. I uh, get some shore leave, get our, get, recharge our batteries. So until then, we will see you next week.
listen, this was a hell of a hell of a journey. I had a great time. Thanks to the both of you. We are out and we will see you again in another universe. So long. In another universe. I listen. I was just hyped. I, I had nothing else, man. What do you? All right, we'll, we'll redo it. No, 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 don't redo it. Just you know, something to think about. Red Shirts is not endorsed by Paramount Pictures, Viacom, or CBS. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Star Trek, the Star Trek logo, and all names, pictures, and audio of Star Trek characters are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders.